Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of What the Politics. It is Tuesday, June 1st, and we are expecting a report from the Pentagon at any moment about UFOs and UAPs. A UAP is what officials call unidentified aerial phenomena. In this episode of What the Politics, we will be speaking with someone with a background in intelligence and break down this report and what it could mean for the United States defense system moving forward. All right, I'm going to let our special guest introduce himself. So my name is Ken Gray. I'm a senior lecturer at the University of New Haven in the Department of Criminal Justice. Uh, I've been there at University of New Haven now since 2012. Prior to that, I was special agent with the FBI. I spent 24 years with the FBI working primarily counterterrorism matters and foreign counterintelligence. All right. All Very right. Cool. We are, yeah, we're super excited to talk to you today. Okay. We usually have a personality question for our guests. And because you're such a unique guest that we that we've had, I want to I want to ask something about your your experience uh, as a special agent and and I mean, what can you tell us about working for the FBI? Is that such a big question? What was your favorite thing about working for the FBI? So I, I absolutely love the job of being a special agent with the FBI. That every day was something new. I could put together. You know, I was. Uh, a case agent on a number of different cases. Uh, at any given time, I was carrying a caseload of 15 to 30 cases, some of which um, uh, required a lot of attention, uh, others of which did not require as much attention. But every day it was something different. And I, I felt like I was quite often working matters of, uh, of importance to the nation that, uh, that Every day was something different. Uh, I worked uh, 9-11, of course. I, mm. I worked uh, the anthrax case. I, I worked uh, the uh, – we had a Unabomber victim there in, in Connecticut. Uh, we, You know, TWA 800 we thought was terrorism until we determined that it wasn't. Uh, there was a lot of different cases that was constantly in the national news, uh, but that I did not find myself uh, – uh, you know, that I found myself uh, brought into on a daily basis. So it was really just a wonderful uh, career that I would love to have been able to continue. But uh, unfortunately, you have to leave at age 57. So oh, I'm now at University that. of New Haven. Yeah, they have mandatory retirement at 57, uh, or oh. I'd still be there today. Wow. wow. I did not know that. That is so interesting. And I love how you said that your favorite part was, you know, it was just something different every day. Cause I think that's one of it, my favorite parts of being a reporter as well. Yes, exactly. So today's topic is about UFOs and, um, the main kind of driver behind this conversation is the fact that the Pentagon is supposed to release a report about UFOs this month. Mm-hmm. So, um, our first question is why now? So let me first give you a caveat that I am not an expert in UFOs. Uh, I'm not an expert in UAPs. 
Uh, I'm much more of the Dana Scully side FBI than I am the Fox Mulner side. <laughs> and so I, I'll be get, I'm not going to be able to get into the whole UFO side. But let me tell you uh, why is that as part of the Omni bill that was passed to fund COVID, the Select Senate Committee on Intelligence managed to put in a uh, direction for the Director of National Intelligence to gather up a report of uh, what the intelligence community has on the matter of unidentified aerial phenomena and to produce such a report within 180 days of the signing of the act. That 180 days ends up at the end of the month of June and so around June 25th or so, we should see a report come out of the director of national intelligence as to what the national intelligence community has in their possession as far as UFOs and UAPs. So what usually goes into these kind of reports? How, how do they present it to Congress? And, and usually what, what, what does it mean to gather intelligence in this regard? So uh, for, for this particular matter, what this means is that the Director of National Intelligence will uh, reach out to each one of the intelligence communities. The intelligence community is comprised basically of 17 different agencies across the federal government whose job it is to collect up intelligence about threats to the United States, all right? And so we're talking about Everybody knows CIA is part of our intelligence community. The National Security Agency is part of our intelligence community. But there's a lot of other members in the national uh, in the uh, intelligence community. Seventeen of them, to be exact. Um, and some of these intelligence community uh, organizations work under the Department of Defense. Some of it work under the Director of National Intelligence. But altogether, they are working towards uh, identifying threats against the country. Mm. And that's why this is important uh, to look at this, is that if, if a UAP, and I'll refer to it as UAP as opposed to UFO, if, if UAPs are out there, and uh, it can be one of three things. One, it could be a natural phenomena that is just being misidentified. So it could be like weather balloons, or it could be swamp gas, or it could be sightings of Venus that because of different atmospheric conditions get misidentified as looking like something from outer space. Two, it could be advanced technology by one of our uh, foes, uh, China, Russia, some other country that has advanced technology uh, much greater than what we currently have that can have aircraft that are moving at very high speeds with no signature that is detectable. Uh, and that would be a real threat to the U.S. government because we don't have that technology. And then the other possibility is, is that this is perhaps visitors from outer space, aerial phenomena uh, from visitors that are visiting this planet. Um, out of those three possibilities, the thing that would most concern the federal government, I think, is if our if those that are countries that are foes uh, to the United States that are, are real competitors with the United States, like Russia or China, if they were to have this kind of technology, it would pose a real threat to the uh, national security. Mm -hmm. And so that is why the intelligence community uh, would be collecting up this kind of information is 
potential threats against the U.S. defense capabilities. If there's better technology out there than what we have uh, that would uh, be able to outfly our planes and uh, pose a, a serious military threat, our intelligence community would want to know that because they need to answer to our defense department to be able to come up with the appropriate response to that. Mm-hmm. And so kind of going into the to that point right there and going into the appropriate what the appropriate response would be if it's if it's other countries. So first, let's say a, a lot the public opinion seems to be interested more in the alien aspect, the alien regard of it. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. Th- there is a major concern that this could be from foreign from foreign countries and from people like Russia and people like China. If that is the case, what would be the response from the American government? What, what what can you kind of see? Would there be more funding towards defense systems? Would this be with the right. relationships? What would the next step be yeah, after would the that? relationships between America and these countries be even more tense than what they already are? So let me harken back to the days of Sputnik. So uh, when, when it turned out that the Russians had a space program that they were able to launch a satellite, that set the United States off on a whole new area as far as technology goes, is that we got into the space race because the Russians were there first, that they had launched a satellite that was able to go up into space, orbit the Earth, and, and contact the ground. And that put us on the road to actually beating the Russians to the moon. And then after we beat the Russians to the moon and we were there uh, and visited a number of times, we left the moon and didn't go back. But nonetheless, our advances in uh, with NASA and with the whole space program was really because of competition with another world power, with the Soviet Union at the time. So I think that what you said is exactly correct, is that if it turned out that uh, the intelligence community has information that, that would more favor that as a possibility than the other two possibilities, we might see increased defense spending big time. But already the United States outspends the rest of the world in defense uh, by uh, by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So what are what are skeptics saying about the this report coming out? You know, obviously, Victoria said, you know, a lot of the public is still looking at this as, oh, you know, these are aliens. These are, you know, life forces from another planet. But what are what are skeptics really saying about this, in your opinion? Really, the thing that has has set this off was the release of a couple of videos uh, through the Department of Defense Mm -hmm. showing some encounters that the Navy has had with uh, UAPs. And the, the this is really the thing that has put us on this road of all of a sudden taking UAP seriously, is that uh, I think is a total of three videos that have been put out uh, that that kind of support the idea that, that maybe there is something to this more than just swamp gas or uh, weather balloons. Uh, plus, there has been a couple of uh, big-name uh, people in the government that have spoken out in support of this based upon their viewing of these videos. So, again, I want to harken back to the videos as really the key that has really pushed this into the public realm. This is why the Senate Select Committee of Intelligence has gotten into this is because of the interest on the part uh, so let me name a few. Is that the director of national intelligence under the Trump administ- administration, uh, John Ratcliffe? John Ratcliffe 
because he saw those videos, decided that there may be something to this, and he made statements to the public about that. Former director of the CIA, uh, John Brennan, also based upon viewing some of these videos, made other similar statements to the public. Uh, uh, the uh, Marco Rubio, because he saw some of these videos, has been one of the chief drivers for having the intelligence community answer some of these questions. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to other, I guess, not issues, but when it comes to other sort of forces that could be driving national security and what's happening in the United States, what are some issues that you see from your experience um, that are just as, you know, should be as big of a news as what's going on with this intelligence report, other intelligence matters? So uh, the, the, the uh, conflict with China that we see ourselves uh, viewing China as a, a major competitor, but China sees us as being a major foe. Mm -hmm. China is building up their defense system. Uh, they are beefing up their army, their navy. They're getting a blue water navy so as to be able to compete with the United States militarily. Uh, we have been holding China up as an economic competitor, but not uh, so much as a military foe. Uh, so that is certainly a, a, another factor that the intelligence community would be looking at. Mm -hmm. I, I think in, in this issue, one of the things to look at is whether or not the intelligence community is really the appropriate place to be gathering up this kind of information. And... Uh, my answer to that would be yes, that, uh, that uh, if you look at agencies like the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is like the CIA for the military, if you look at groups like the Naval Office of Intelligence, which is collecting up information for the Navy, intelligence for the Navy, that they are the appropriate agencies that are in contact with uh, those platforms that are encountering these uh, uh, UAPs. Uh, now, we only have a couple of uh, videos that have been released. It'll be interesting to see what is in the report when it is released as to whether there is more than just these three or if that's it. Uh, and we're going to have to wait until the end of the month to see that. But I think that uh, there's two possibilities here. One is that uh, this report, the requirement for the report, uh, was sent out through the DNI's office. You've got both the Department of Defense that has to respond, and you have the Director of National Intelligence that has to respond, and the report will be generated by the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, the Director of National Intelligence now is Avril Haines, I believe it is. And so it's from her office that the, the final report will be uh, submitted to Congress. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they decide to go small, where they have limited amount of information, where they'll just say that, you know, we have these couple of encounters, that, that we have no explanation for these encounters, and that we're looking into it further. Or if they have a lot of information, they declassify it and drop a whole lot of information about UAPs. We'll just have to wait to see what comes out here at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And why are they making it? Well, this is kind of a two-part question, but the first question is, why are, Why is it in such a public forum? Why isn't this kind of something that the intelligence community collects and presents to the president and then to certain members of Congress? Why is it in a way that 
<laughs> pushes it out into the public eye? Well, that's, that's an excellent question, uh, and I, I don't really know the answer to that except for the fact that you've had these statements to the public by the, uh, DNI Ratcliffe, by uh, Director CIA um, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon uh, by uh, Senator uh, Rubio, that has put this into the public uh, forum, and so since it has been put out into the public, uh, then uh, we're watching it play out. I, I think one of the most interesting things that have come out of this was the fact that in the direction to the DNI to collect up this information and to put it out, they uh, announced in that that they uh, that the uh, Navy's uh, intelligence uh, uh, unit was already collecting on UAPs, that they have a UAP task force. And this was something that it's not a secret, but it's something that was not well known. Prior to that, there was a, a group over at uh, DIA uh, called the Threat Identification Program, that's it, AATIP, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, was, has since been closed because they ran out of funding, but they didn't come up with any, uh, any smoking gun, so to speak, to be able to cause this to become very well-known public. It was looking into this matter and they didn't come to draw any type of conclusions. They were they ran out of funds and closed their doors. It turns out that the UAP task force then uh, started collecting up, and they are continuing on. So I think the fact that there is even a UAP task force was uh, something that the public didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And so I think that because the these big names have thrown their weight behind the whole concept of UAP, that has gotten into the public forum. Plus, uh, there was also uh, uh, there was a uh, there was a, a, a group uh, that was the uh, to the stars arts and science uh, that really was looking at the whole UFO uh, phenomenon that was uh, playing it out in the media, and uh, I think that that was one of the mechanisms that got the videos that had been released out into the public uh, forum also. Mm -hmm. So my question is kind of, I guess, in part with, with Victoria's on how or why this is going public now, you know, because UAPs and UFOs have been talked about amongst, you know, everyday people for decades and decades. You know, they've been the cornfield sightings or the weird <laughs> cornfield yeah. uh, things in Area 51. So... Is the reason that it's kind of being pushed to the public now or being pushed on, you know, the Pentagon right now to put out this report because, you know, these recent sightings are from these trusted and respected Navy pilots, you know, because like I said, there's been everyday people, you know, talking about this and posting videos and things like this for decades. Yeah. So Project Blue Book ran for for over 10 years. Project Blue Book was an Air Force program that was looking into UFOs. Uh, again, they were looking at it as whether or not it was a threat to aviation, whether or not it was a threat to the Air Force. They looked into it, and uh, after, uh, after a, a period of at least a decade, they finally closed the book on Project Blue Book, and they said that uh, we've resolved a large number of these uh, as being normal, natural phenomena that we have yet some that we have not been able to uh, to determine what it was. 
but that uh, but we're going to close it because it's not considered to be a threat. So you're absolutely right. This is something that has been out since the the late 1940s uh, you know, through the 50s. So Project Blue Book, you know, was was looking at uh, potential threats, and it was looking at these threats through the uh, through the Cold War. Mm. You got to keep that in mind: is that the Cold War was the mentality that was out there. And so it made every sighting as a potential uh, foe or a potential alien. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so you know, this is something that, that we've been through. Nothing has ever come of a, any of this. Uh, it, despite of all the potential sightings, uh, most of them remain either explained as natural phenomena or unexplained. Mm -hmm. uh, it's only because of the videos uh, from aircraft, from Navy aircraft, uh, that you utilizing forward-looking infrared, that uh, it adds some renewed credence to these type of reports. Mm -hmm. But these are still unexplained. These are still unidentified. Uh, nobody has said that uh, that these are actual alien spacecrafts that have been definitively identified. Instead. These are unexplained aerial phenomena that has been detected on uh, Navy platforms, uh, the, uh, the F-18 uh, Super Hornets, um, and they've been captured with uh, pilot sightings but utilizing forward-looking infrared. And uh, it very well could be changes in software for the forward-looking infrared. It could be the uh, problems with the tracking system that make these uh, these these captured images dart off at very high speeds. You know there could be other explanations than actual physical world uh, aircraft that uh, would cause some of these odd reports with the radar systems. Mm -hmm. And so, I I would take a guess that our elected officials are more informed on these matters than the everyday person right and it seems that a lot of them do seem to play, be playing up this narrative that oh it, are entertaining the narrative that it might be aliens but and this is kind of an insidious question but do you see maybe this being used as some sort of political tactic so that there could be an increase in defense spending or there mm. could be money diverted into into something that could benefit a politician I, I, that is an insidious point of view, but that's kind of sometimes where my mind goes when it's politics. Well, this is your podcast is all about this, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everything is politics. Mm -hmm. that, uh, every appropriation is politics. Every hearing is politics. And so this is yet another hearing. Uh, this is a direction to the intelligence community to produce a report of what is currently known. Let me talk for a moment about the intelligence cycle, about how you would go about collecting up this kind of information, is that the intelligence cycle is a five-step process. It starts with putting together a plan, how you're going to collect up this information. Then the actual collection itself, they're going out collecting up whatever you come up with a plan to collect. Then you take that information and you process it. You put it into databases to make it more usable, uh, maybe uh, use it, uh, process it with uh, other software. You're, you're doing the processing of the raw and collected intelligence. Then the next step is to actually do the analysis and the report writing. And that's where the intelligence community probably is right now with handling this report, is in the report writing. 
The fifth step is the dissemination, where you are producing the report. In this particular case, the dissemination will be to take the final report that has been directed by the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence to produce that and to uh, turn it over to Congress. And so we're seeing the five-step process occur. But here's the problem with this five-step process is that these are very rare occasions. It's not something that you can go out and collect up by just flying out to a specific location and just sit there and take photographs or use forward-looking infrared or radar to collect up that information. Even with aircraft traveling all the time around there, these are very rare sightings. So your, your plan on how you're going to go about collecting up this information and then the collection of that information is going to be very difficult. This particular order is to write a report with what is already collected, not to go out and collect new information. If I were to guess what will happen, my guess is, is that they will come out with a limited report saying that this is the limited amount of information we have and a request for funding for an additional program to collect up additional information mm. to start this whole process to correctly design a program to utilize the platforms they have available and to make that collection process into something that uh, is usable. As it is right now, the, you're utilizing equipment that were designed for other things, for other purposes, and trying to use that to collect this up uh, that it just happens to be being collected as an afterthought. Really, if you're going to be serious about this, you need to design a program from the beginning and actually use it to collect up that information. And even if you do that, the likelihood of your collection platform being at the right location at the right time to collect up that one image, that one encounter is going to be pretty, pretty rare. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be one of my last questions for you. Um, you know, as this is part of that $2.3 trillion coronavirus relief bill, um, I don't know exactly um, if you know how much that they appropriated towards this investigation. Oh, wait, um, I, do. I don't have it off the top of my head. Do you? Oh, no, I don't. Okay. Um, well, I, I, my question for you is, you know, do you think this is an appropriate allotment of this money? Do you think that this spending could be used elsewhere? Or do you think that, you know, this this investigation needs all of the money it can going towards um, um, figuring this out? So we're really talking about a very small amount of money for this okay. because they're not, they are not going out collecting up new information. Mm. This, is a, this is a direction to go through the files of what they already have in their files and write a report. Mm. So this is not a major task. This is, uh, so they, there, it may very well be that there'll be a classified section of this report and an unclassified section of this report. The unclassified, uh, the classified section of this report, it's just a matter of writing a report of what is already held. Mm. The declassified part would mean the process of having to go through a declassification process. Because here's the thing is that when you give up information from your platforms of what has been collected, you're giving up information that your your rivals can use to mm. design systems to, uh, to be able to defeat your possibility. Let me... Let me bring up the, the question of Stuxnet. So the Stuxnet was a worm that went through and affected uh, computers around the world, but it was designed specifically for 
a, a programmable logic controller that was controlling the centrifuges for the Iranian nuclear uh, weapons program. And that, that program was designed and was launched based upon video that the Iranians had put out on TV where they were uh, celebrating their success in building the centrifuges and uh, the success with the results of the centrifuges. So in that particular case, videos to celebrate the centrifuges allowed whatever government uh, made Stuxnet, and uh, nobody's claimed credit for it, although it kind of looks like maybe it might have come from the United States and Israel, but it allowed for information to be collected up that could be used to specifically attack those uh, PLCs, uh, the program logic controllers. Uh, and so you never know what you're giving up in the process of putting out information. So declassification of information is something that has to be approached very carefully. And so you're not going to see a lot of stuff go out into the public that, that is currently in the, the government's hands, I don't believe. But then again, uh, on the 25th, we may see otherwise. I'm, I'm super excited about mm -hmm. this report, but I'm expecting to see redacted, redacted, redacted. <laughs> yes. Um, so this will be my last question for you. So do presidents, from my understanding, presidents don't receive kind of like the lowdown about whether or not aliens exist, UFOs exist. They don't receive like all of that information. In fact, even if they asked, I believe they would have to, they would have to get permission themselves or, or whatever that, however that goes. So the intelligence community works for the president. And so if the, intelli and the uh, intelligence community briefs the president since 9-11 on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so if they, had that, if they had that kind of information, you can rest assured that the president would know himself. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. That is very, Yeah, very the, the intelligence community cannot, does not hold information that that affects the security of the United States without the president of the United States knowing. So mm -hmm. that it's not something that that the with uh, the intelligence community would withhold that information from the president. The president would be aware of it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the fact that um, I think the fact that the select uh, the select Senate Committee for Intelligence is requesting this report is saying that Congress doesn't know what the government has in their hands. And so they are asking them to reach out to all the intelligence community and to produce a report to say what they actually know at this point. Hmm. Very interesting. I yeah. did not know that. Well, thank you so much for joining yes, us. You. Yeah, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. And, and your background is so awesome, in my opinion. I think it's so cool. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, well, thank you so much for, for talking to us today and taking the time. We really appreciate all your insight and expertise on this. Thank you very much. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of What the Politics. Of course, you can always find us at WNCT.com under the Features tab on the WNCT Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And like Victoria said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, this report is going to be coming out any day now. And this is something to really be watching in the news. And of course, you can stay with us here at WNCT for more information when that report does come out. So continue to stay with us here at What the Politics and here at WNCT. And we'll see you next week.